Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yeah, hey, Kate. Yeah, hey, Kate. Yeah, hey, Kate. Stop. Okay. <laughs> I got a riddle. You love riddles. You love them. You actually love them. Okay. What starts with a saint and rhymes with mystics? Saint mystics. Statistics. Get it? Because ST is like for saint and then it rhymes with mystic. Statistics time, Kate. Statistics. Okay. Yeah. You know, I. That was cool. You know, in college, I got two C's in my entire four years. And one of them was in statistics. Oh, but that was boring statistics. And why did you take that? And these are going to be fun statistics. So I wanted to see where our listeners are from. Oh. And we can actually see that. We can actually see. It actually can rank the cities that they're from. So Wait, is everyone from the U.S.? Uh, no, not everyone is from the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. We have people from around the world, apparently. Yes, isn't that nice? Yeah. It's very nice. So, um... So our number one, guess what the number one city in America is that listens to us? Like, far and away. Like, beyond, you know, any other. Like, just leaves other cities in the dust. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Not true! (laughs) Kalamazoo didn't even make it to the top five. Huh. I know. Weird, right? Uh, Next, I was going to say New York. No, New York was way down there. Way. Wow. Way down there. Yeah. You need to go out there. I know. Obviously, I'm not doing my due diligence to my former hometown yeah yeah nope nope you get one more guess uh i'm gonna this is random okay i'm gonna say madison wisconsin uh the answer is no the answer is actually uh chicago really far and away we have i hate to use the term buttload but we have a buttload of uh (laughs) chicago people who listen to us followed by san francisco right on it gets weirder followed by and i'm going to mispronounce this Encinitas, California? Oh, yeah. Okay. Encinitas, yeah. And then followed by Barrington, Illinois. Like you do. And finally, Seattle. You know, I've never been to Seattle. Oh, you should go. I love Seattle. I absolutely love it. It's a walking town. Once we get like... Ten listeners. All right. We should do like a aim high, like a country tour or something. Ooh. Yes, we'll hit we'll hit all the sites: Chicago, San Francisco, Encinitas, (laughs) Barrington, (laughs) and Seattle. (laughs) Coming to you soon, folks. The rest of you cities, you want to be on that list? Get more listeners there. All right. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, uh, who are we? Oh, I am Kate. And I am Betsy. And what do we do here? We rank cities. Nope. (laughs) Yes. Actually, that's yes. We do do that. But that's only for today. What do we normally do? Tell riddles? Uh, no. No, I, no. We can make that a thing. No, you want to make that a thing? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with that. No, I'm all, all right. right. Okay. Uh, we Let do... me know if you want to change your mind. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, children's books. We talk yes. about children's Specifically picture... picture books. Yep. And whether they are good or crap. Right. Exactly. And uh, so today's book... Uh, it's a good classic. Now, I've noticed we have a, I have a little bit of a problem in choosing these books because 
you want to have a lot to say about them. Um, not every classic children's book has a lot to say about it. You know what, last week's wasn't about anything, and we had plenty of statistics. Well, but it also had a ton of different, oh, um, situations. By the way, that was a very popular episode. We got a real spike in our stats with that one, so hat tip to you, hat-wearing female dog. (laughs) I'm gonna... Also, people loved your comment about the maze and uh, how that had a Harry Potter connection. Yeah. And now they can't unsee it. Right? Kind of weird. Oh, and more than one person was like, how have I ever never noticed that the punctuation on Go Dog Go, which isn't Go Dog Go, is... It's Go Dog Go! Go! Yes, exactly. (laughs) That is what... We just blew out the speakers. Yes. Well, yeah, that is exactly right. So, for this week's book, um, I wanted something that had a lot to say about it. But I ended up instead with something that is seemingly very simple. But I think we'll have lots and lots to say about it. All right, you ready for this one? Yeah. This one requires upper body strength. Chunk. Now, this may be misleading. I have pulled out the- HarperCollins' Treasury Picture Book Classics. That's right. Child's first collection. That's right. This was put out years ago. Oh, because you got the ghost grandma on the front. Yeah, ghost grandma's right on the cover. Right front and center from Goodnight Moon. Um, Now, this was a a HarperCollins book that was put out years ago, and uh, it has a bunch of what they considered their classics. And Matt, my husband, actually bought this for our home, and I was like, why are you buying books when I get them for free? Um, But I don't get classics for free, uh, and these were very useful in our home. So you have to read all of these. And like, ha, ha, ha. Well, I've gotten Goodnight Moon down. And, yeah, that's uh, one, so we can cross that one off. To 11 more to go. Yeah, you're really going to have to work hard for your money here. The one we're doing today is, whoop, can you make out what he's called? Harold oh, and the Purple Prince. Yes, can you make out who his author is? Probably not, because he's right in the spine of the book. Is that Crockett Johnson? It's Crockett Johnson. Yes, written and illustrated by Crockett Johnson. You know, I've heard about Harold and the Purple Crayon since like the sixth grade, and I've never. The read happy it. day is finally here. You and Harold, baby, you won't be. Like and that. I see it on T-shirts too. There's yeah, like that, uh... people go a little crazy for their Harold. So why? We're gonna find out why. Okay. All right, mystery soon to be solved. Here you go. While Kate's doing her read, uh, I have a little background information on Harold that I will not really bring up uh, while she is doing that, but I thought it was interesting and that I would mention it anyway. So growing up, I knew of Harold, but I had far more connection to a rip-off animated series that was sort of based on Harold. Uh, Here's a question for you children of the 80s. Does anyone remember Simon in the Land of Chalk Drawings? This was basically Harold in the Purple Crayon, Except it wasn't a crayon, it was chalk, and he was English. Like you do. I believe it may have been part of the programming of the uh, Nickelodeon television show Pinwheel, which had a lot of international cartoons as part of it. Um, I had cable, so I actually got to see this, but uh, if anyone else out there recalls Pinwheel, or recalls Simon in the Land of Chalk Drawings, I do... I do so hope that you will write to us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. And you're back. I am. Woohoo! Yes. You've met Harold. I did. And his crayon. Mm-hmm. Of a distinctly purple hue. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's got, well, kind of like a magenta, but it's like... It a, could be the lighting in like here, a, too. It's, yeah, it could be, but it yeah. looks like a dark magenta, but whatever, we'll call it purple. Yeah. Or Harold and the magenta crayon. Seems to be Harold symbolic the, in some ways. I don't quite the, understand. And the dark, and the dark magenta. Let's be clear. And the dark magenta crayon. 
Well, that just sounds portentous. <laughs> I don't even know. Yes. So, uh, what what'd you think of old Harold here? Um, I have thoughts. Okay. So, well, we'll go through it. I kind of like what we did last time, kind of going through the plot uh, as we go, rather than having a, a single way of summing it up. Because as plots go, I mean, it's very easy to summarize the plot of Harold. He has a purple crayon. He's got a crayon and he makes things. He draws with it. Yep. And it makes things. The end. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next podcast. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. So, uh, so what, yeah. What, what thoughts on Harold? So when I first started, when I first opened the page and I see he's scribbled all over the wall, mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm old when I thought he's drawing on the wall. <laughs> Where are his parents? Where are his parents? That question is never answered. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like he's in, you know, like a what do you call them? The the pajamas with the yeah the footies. Yeah, like, he looks like he's wearing footy pajamas the yeah, whole time. So he's got to be pretty young. He's got to be like a toddler. Oh, um, right? I don't think he's a toddler. He doesn't have a lot of hair. He's a pretty good artist for a toddler. No, he doesn't. Right? Have, I you know I think it's Charlie Brown hair. I think he's got hair, but it's just but he's still a tiny little guy. Oh, he's small. He's petite. He's a child. Yeah, he's clearly a child. Yes. We can agree that he's a child, yeah. And for a child, I'm pretty impressed that he can draw straight lines, that he can... Oh, yeah, no. He can do... Actually, that part where he makes, like, perspective with, like, a road going to the distance. Yeah. My daughter is very fascinated by that. She's six. And I was like, no, if you do that and you have the points come, you know, on the horizon, like, it looks like a road. And she's like, huh. Like, she had never really encountered that before, so... Fair hat tip to you, Harold. Yeah. I mean, for a kid, he's amazing. Sure. However, Hmm. you cannot call one tree a forest. Well, he didn't want to get lost in it, right? So, what is the definition of a forest? So, he made a very small forest with just one tree in it. Yes. No, no, no. You sure? No, no, no. You cannot... What is the definition of forest? More than one tree. I'm not sure that's true. All right, let's look it up. Dictionary.com. What is the answer? According to dictionary.com, it could be a large area covered chiefly with trees and undergrowth. Ah, trees, plural. Yes, it does appear to, uh, let's see. You need more than... Wikipedia said it was a forest is a large area dominated by trees. Ah, trees. Uh Uh-huh. And Uh then uh, Merriam-Webster, a dense growth of trees and underbrush covering a large tract. Right. Tracks of land. Large <laughs> tracks, tracks of land. Yes. Uh, so this is, this is yeah. not a forest. This is a single tree. Well, he's a child. Maybe he doesn't know that. It's also not an apple tree. Can I point out, I have seen many an apple tree. They don't look like that. Apple trees are very small. You can climb them. That's the whole point of apple trees. He climbed it. Oh, no, not the trunk. It's got like an oak tree trunk it does with or maybe that's an orange tree or something it's it, it ain't it ain't apples i don't know what they are well They're yeah also purple yeah it, yeah it's not apples because it says plum. here it's a plum tree it says the apples would be very tasty harold thought when they got red yes when they go from purple to red <laughs> they shall be delicious we all, we all recall that from nature right yes but Here's what I'm wondering. Uh-huh. Do artists ever get scared with what they create? I think yes. I think yes. I'm sure Francis Bacon got terrified of some of the stuff that he made. 
Yeah. Stephen Gamble from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Did Tell he? me that man did not get frightened of some of the stuff he made. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's or, possible, or right? Or do they just look at it with a very critical eye and they're like, no, this line needs to be over here. See, I think it depends we on the artist. We need to do more shading over here. Yeah, no, no. I think it depends on the artist. If you create something, you go to bed, you wake up and look at what you've, looked, you've created in the morning, it could terrify you. That came out of my brain. I mean, maybe Harold isn't scared of the dragon he's drawn. Maybe he's scared of himself for being capable of making the dragon. Ah, Whoa, did I just blow your mind? This guy crazy psychological I'm here. Just, this whole book is crazy psychological. We'll get into that. I have a my own theory about this book. So. But up until he draws the ocean that he falls into, right. everything could have been drawn on a wall. It's only up until uh, the ocean that he starts getting lost in his drawings. Well, and that's the thing. Like, to a certain... Like, when he climbs the tree, maybe... But he really, like, a lot of stuff he draws, yeah, I would have said, yeah, isn't oh, real yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I'm Except that the moon follows him. And that is suspicious. Mm. That he walks around and the moon follows him. But yeah, for, to a certain extent, I was like, he's not actually interacting with this land that he's so, you know, quote unquote creating. And then he almost drowns. Right. Yeah. Which is odd. But he gets in a boat. He, he So he almost drowns. But uh -huh. then he makes a sailboat. He does. And then he says With some to... good puns, too. He decides to sail along for a while, mm -hmm. and then he comes, he draws some land. Sure. And then he decides he would like to make a picnic lunch. Sure. With nothing but pie. Nine kinds of pie. Except I looked at the first one, and uh -huh. I'm like, oh, he wants clams. <laughs> it just looks like a clam. That's a, that's it a, does look like a clam. And then the next line should have been... There was nothing but clams. Nothing but clams. <laughs> Very big clams. Nine different kinds of clams. <laughs> I don't like that thought. Yeah. But but he, he... So he ate this pie that he drew. Sure. And he didn't want to see all this delicious pie go to waste. Correct. So he drew an anorexic moose. Em emaciated? I yes. think it would be the better term. Yes, That's yes. better, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's anorexic because he looks more than happy to devour those pies. Well, maybe he looks like he's going to eat them, but he's not actually going well, to. Well, and here's the thing about the animals that, that or, and the people that Harold creates. None of them move that we can see. Right. They are always in the exact position, and that, as a child, terrified me. Because that means that Harold is the only sentient creature... In this world. He it is the loneliest book I have ever read. He's the only one in this world. He can make a moose and a porcupine all day if he wants to and a dragon. No one can move here. He's the only one. Isn't that lonely? Eh, he's created a world where he's the only denizen. I don't know. Look at this porcupine. Yeah, it's adorable. This is the, my this. If I had to get a tattoo of a character, well, you know what? It's we had an porcupine. objection. Um, I was gonna bring it up in the letters, but uh, this seems like an apropos time. An objection to our last episode with Go Dog Go. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Lisa wrote and said, uh, "Yes, friends, another fabulous episode." But I must say, I'm disappointed. Kate didn't pick which dog would be her tattoo. Ah, dang it! Who would it have been, Kate? Who would it have been? <sighs> it would have been the racer dog. The dog at the very beginning. Oh, the one at the beginning, the determined. Yeah. The determined mug. That's yeah. I, he, he, that's my that's my dog. All right. That's, I, yeah, that's I think my dog. <laughs> nope. We're gonna, we're gonna edit edit that out. <laughs> snip snip the tape. Tape it back together. I'm the editor. Like I'm do. keeping that in. That's how it works. As I under, well, I don't edit obviously. This is how I understand what you do. You take the tape and you cut the two things out uh -huh. and you tape them back together. Uh -huh. That's how it works. Yeah. But anyway. 
Uh, the, terrifying. Yeah, the porcupine. Yeah. The porcupine's very cute. So the porcupine would be your tattoo? Oh my gosh, she's got like a gazillion little I, legs. You know what? This may be the very first time I have so agreed happy. with your tattoo. That is an awesome tattoo. Right? That would be an awesome tattoo. Like just a little guy right here and it, could, it would be in purple. Man, I uh, if I had, I only have one thumb right now just because I sliced the other one open earlier tonight uh, cutting Brussels sprouts. But if I had two thumbs, I would very quickly on my phone right now look up Harold and the Purple Crayon porcupine tattoo because i'm well has am, it been done i am the editor so i'm going to just edit this part right now yeah okay there as far as i can tell no one has ever had the porcupine as a tattoo but they've had many other tattoos there's the man who uh has harold drawing a purple moon on his chest there's the oh we could say lady or man who has Harold drawing an entire purple city on their back, which is very complex. We have the person who uh, got just a tattoo, just just of a crayon, that's purple. Okay. In an homage. Hey. Very realistic Crayola crayon. Should be a dark magenta, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows oh. about that name. So yeah, no, I think the, I think the field is free and clear. You can be the first to have the porcupine on. Whatever portion of your anatomy you prefer. I feel like it would be great for the small of your wrist. Just a yeah. little porcupine right there, you know? I would think behind your left ear. Interesting. Porcupine. Like, what's that behind your ear? Oh, a porcupine. Like you do. Yeah. Exactly. So, here's a question for you. Okay. It says... Okay, so he... So he... Climbs up a mountain, mm -hmm. he falls off the mountain. He does fall off, yes. He then is in this void of nothingness and decides to create a hot air balloon. Correct. And then it says he made a balloon and he grabbed onto it. Onto it, yes. Is it on space two or is it O-N-T-O? Because in here, it's on space two, which makes sense. You know, he grabbed on to it. On But is it he to. grabbed on to it on or to. is it he grabbed onto it? On to onto. <laughs> if you know at home, you can email <laughs> us at fusegate at gmail.com. I have no idea, but it does sound like a that sounds like a, a particular form of madness just going like on to onto on to snap out of on it on no <laughs> we have the old lady in the old folks home and they'll be like on to on to and I'll, on I'll to. be there and I'll be like ah uh, yes she was once married to a man named on to on to he was from Norway Antu. his name was on to on to how do you spell that o-n-t-o space o-n space t-o Space. No, it's the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> I would say in a Are there spaces? Brief Are there no spaces? Of clarity? Yes. Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, so he creates this hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. He lands the hot air balloon in front of this house, which he doesn't think is his. Right. He tries to find his window. Mm -hmm. So he creates pretty much New York City. This hellscape of nothingness in the Which void. at one point made me think, oh, he must live in New York City because he must be used to seeing buildings everywhere. He just made this. I know, but he's a really young kid, so how many young kids have seen this many I don't buildings? know. He seems weirdly wise beyond his years. <laughs> I can't build... Like, look at those straight lines on those buildings. Oh, I yes. can't build straight lines he in that. He is very good with his straight lines. He's very good with his straight lines. Considering his age. Yes. Very surprising. Considering, yes. 
Um, so he creates a uh, policeman, Ernie. Yeah, the only <laughs> policeman, Ernie. <laughs> who, I, I don't know. I mean, he's got the same ears, the same nose. Yep. The same googly eyes. Uh-huh. And then, uh... Hey, in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, is the cop Ernie or is the... I've never seen a, It's a Wonderful okay, Life. Okay, there's an Ernie and a Burton there and they're best friends. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, and Ernie, I think, is the cop. And I think Bert is the cab driver. I could be... I, that could be backwards. So but... that came out in, what, the... 30s? Yeah, it came out before this. But, obviously, Sesame Street was yet to come out, so Ernie would not have been... I mean, this guy's not actually named Ernie in the book. <laughs> Please, meant Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so... <laughs> <laughs> so policeman Ernie doesn't help him. Right. Well, of course not. He's the only other human who's ever existed in this plane of nothingness. It's so. a really good human, though. Like the no, legs, even a hand. The it looks leg... like it's made out of spiky. Yeah, but the legs are on point. The feet are on point. The the face he looks is... unnerved. The I'm face... gonna give him that. The face looks significantly unnerved. Like why can't the I move? The face is proportional to the rest of the body. Nobody can move in this world. It's so it's scary. It's not about them, Betsy. It's about. The movement of the locations. No. Yeah, because everything... Yes, you know, it is, yeah. but so, I still find it very frightening that he is the only human so he, in this world. He finds... He figures out, oh, I know where my bedroom window is because if I look at the moon, I see it through my window. Right. So he creates a window over the moon. Right. And then he creates a bed. Yeah. He, uh, and he then makes up his bed. He, ah, no, ah, no. He, he, he drew up the covers. He drew up the covers. Oh, he was there. Yeah. But my question is, does he sleep in the walls? No, because this is a void. He is he's existing in a he is God here. He he's created all of this. Which On makes the, sense. Yeah, I because mean, in the very beginning he's He created light. He, well no, even before that oh. it's, it's just chaos. It's oh, you just, know what tree he creates? An oh apple tree. Oh my gosh. Doesn't eat him though, does he? He puts a serpent-like snake-like dragon creature at the base of it to quote-unquote guard it. He's clearly God. And this he's so lonely. He's going to be... Did you I, just come up with this theory? Or I actually just did. And, and clearly the policeman is Adam. No. And yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well... Okay, what? I don't know. And then he creates and, the and animals the, of the and earth. And the porcupine is Moses. He creates the animals <laughs> of the earth. The animals came before Adam. Or did you not read your Genesis today? Not yes, today. he creates the mountains and the hot air balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor is falling apart rapidly before my eyes. And he created the big large and he created New York City. Right. Exactly like the Bible said. So, and then he rested. On the seventh day, he rest. Oh, oh, baby. I should have been a preacher. No. Yeah. No. I could have made a sermon out of this. You could. You the could. sermon would be, "Don't be God, kids, because it's super scary. Because you're all alone in the universe that you created." Alone. He's so alone. That's why it freaked me out. As you know, a kid, it man. just reminds me of that song from Spamalot. I'm all alone. You're not alone. All by myself, I'm right here. You. Anyway. I love that you have Spamalot memorized. Yeah, That's well. a wonderful thing. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So Harold was a super big hit when he came out back in 1955. Uh, he spurned many a sweet sequel, like almost immediately, like year after year. It was like clockwork at first. It was like Harold's Fairy Tale. I have no idea what that is. Harold's Trip to the Sky. Harold's Circus. Harold's ABC. These were out of print for a really long time. Same I think. guy. Same guy. Cricket. Crockett. <laughs> Who names their child Cricket? Who names their child Crockett? Nobody, because he made it up. Because <laughs> his real name was David Johnson Lisk. 
like you do. And, uh, and when he made this book, and he gave it to his editor, Ursula Nordstrom, uh, she did not care for it much, the great Ursula Nordstrom. Uh, she wrote him. She wrote many a fine letter. I feel letter. like she's everywhere. She's absolutely everywhere. She's probably She is the greatest influence on children's, American children's literature. She must be the richest, like, Let me tell you, let me tell a little agent. story. Yeah, she was, I think. I don't know. I assume she got, like, no money, because... She was a woman in the publishing business, so they didn't make a lot of money back then. Nah. Even if it was children's. And, uh, yeah, no, she, like, you know, she's the one who, like, got Shel Silverstein to stop drawing for Playboy and draw children's books instead. This wow. woman was amazing. So, basically, uh, she wrote him, and she was in a bad mood. And she said, the dummy of Harold and Purple Crayon came this morning, and I've just read it. I don't know what to say about it. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a good children's book to me, but I'm often wrong. And this post-children's book week Monday finds me dead in the head. I'd probably pass up Tom Sawyer today. Let me keep the dummy a few days, will you? And she writes him a little later. Can you do a, a voice for her? Can you just make up a voice for her? I'm awfully sorry! No, no, I, <laughs> I imagine her, like, in the basement of a New York apartment, just chain-smoking, yeah. and she's like, I read Harold in the Purple Crayon. All right, well, then you read this, all right? You read this part right here. That, in your Ursula Ver Nordstrom voice. My Ursula Nordstrom voice your would, Ursula would be... I'm awfully sorry my first reaction to Harold was so lukewarm and unenthusiastic. I really think it's going to make a darling book, and I certainly was wrong at first. This is a funny job. The Harold children's books have had such a good fall, so many on so many lists, etc., etc., and I, w I was feeling a little good, not satisfied, you understand. I just, I thought, gosh, I'm really catching on to things, I bet, and pretty soon I it ought to get easier. And then I stub my toe on Harold and his damn purple crayon. That's okay. From now on, any <laughs> Ursula Nordstrom letter I find, you are going to read She's... in that voice. She's... You have now nailed. I it. want her to be have like a husky New York chain smoking voice. She was a New Yorker. I don't think she was born New Yorker, but she lived in New York a super long time, and she got along with people like Maurice. She doesn't Sunday. see. The... I think she must have spoken like that. She doesn't see the light of day a lot. All she sees is our children's books. That's all she gets to see. And Harold and his damn purple and crayon. His damn purple crayon. <laughs> Which is now the unofficial title of this podcast. <laughs> uh, going back to Crockett Johnson, he's. Yeah, he, he had lots of jobs before this. He made a comic strip called Barnaby that was super popular. I actually have a drawing of him in the, uh, in the style of this book, uh, in a poster of a cover of a book with his wife, framed in my home. And uh, it's for the cover of the book by Phil Nell, Crockett Johnson and Ruth Krauss, How an Unlikely Couple Found Love, Dodged the FBI, and Transformed Children's Literature. If you want to know anything about Mr. Crockett Johnson, I highly recommend that you read that book. It's the seminal text on the man. Uh, there was apparently an Emmy Award-winning 13-part Herald and the Purple Crayon series that ran on HBO. What? There was apparently an earlier version from 1959. How can you make that a 13-part series? Um, because he's God? Duh. <laughs> All right. Easy. Uh-huh. That was, they, you, you handed me that one. But the best thing, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, is the Glitter Rock Opera version of Harold. You had me at glitter. It's awesome. <laughs> it is unfortunately incredibly catchy, and now I'm going to have it in my head. I'm not even going to sing it here. Y'all are going to have to go to my show notes to see this because it's awesome. You'll have it stuck in your head all day. 
Okay. Ratings time. La 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 la. Ratings time. Huh. Okay. All right. So here's what I'm thinking. Yes. I don't think this warrants the popularity it's getting. I don't think it. It's been very influential. I'm just gonna say. Uh, most recently, I would say, it uh, inspired a Mr. Aaron Becker in his book Journey, which won a Caldecott honor. And in which a girl is falling and draws with a red crayon a balloon out of the sky. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But I do like how it spurs creativity. Sure. How you can just, all you need is a crayon. Mm. And you can create the world. Yes. You can create anything. And I, and I think that's a great message to send to kids is mm. that create. Just create. It, it, it can be, it's not right or wrong. It's your imagination and that's all that matters. Awesome. I really like that. Oh. I'm also kind of feeling your, uh, your interpretation of, you know, this being a character of God and then it's just chaos in the beginning and then mm. he creates light and then he creates, I kind of, I don't think that's exactly it's what the guy was going off. for. I'm just, but... no, no, I, I most certainly am sure he, that was but not what he was going theory. for. Yeah. Well, it's just sort of coincidental that it sort of ends up that way. Yeah. And then he rests Pretty coincidental. Yeah. One might say it dates back. But I'm going to go long. back to my other point being that it spurs creativity. I really like that. So I'm going to give it a 6.5. Yeah, I'm giving it a 3. What? I don't care for this book. Which is strange. I totally see what you're saying about creativity. Yeah. But there's many books that talk about creativity in that way. And, but we're and not comparing ours. it to other books. No, alright, fine. So on its own merits. I'm too disturbed by this book. I am too disturbed by the loneliness of Harold. And I have He's always not been. lonely. I know he isn't, but I'm lonely on his behalf. Well, no. Even... I find this an unnerving, cold, impersonal book. <laughs> I just don't like it. What are you talking about? I've never liked it. I mean, I like it fine, I guess. I, I mean, I read it. I, I read it with my kids all the time. So obviously I don't Dude, like it that much. The Porcupine. Betsy, yeah, all Betsy. right, fine. Three point five. Really? Come fine. On. Four. I'm going up to four, but you're not getting me above that. You're not getting me above a four. With Kate's six point five and Betsy's four, it was determined that this was a toe over the line classic. Kate and Betsy went on to discuss wonderful things like the letters from listeners and grown-up things they liked. Unfortunately, Kate's laptop decided to do other things like grab a coffee, read the newspaper, go for a walk, and take the audio file with it. <clears throat> Everything that was said was erased, along with all the lovely and clever things that were said. Oh, how clever they were. Still, they were able to successfully review God and the, I mean, uh, Harold and the Purple Crayon, and everyone lived happily ever after. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Hen Givens Kime, and our resident magician is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.